3: Hi, welcome to Six Feet Apart. I'm Alex Wagner. Like basically everyone on planet Earth, I've been spending a lot of time on the internet. Like, a lot of time. And that includes social media. In fact, it's mostly social media. Just scrolling through Instagram like it's my job. I am not alone. In many ways, COVID-19 would seem to be the golden era of social media influencing. An entire species is mostly stuck in place, isolated, pining for a window onto someone else's life. But social media influencers, the people who have massive, multi-million follower accounts, those people are also stuck at home, reading the same depressing, terrifying news about a planet in the middle of a pandemic, And they're grappling with the psychological toll of an unprecedented moment in history. But unlike the rest of us, influencing people, offering that escape on social media, that's their job. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How does social influencing work in a time of social isolation? What happens when your influence as a self-styled makeup or fashion guru meets a deadly pandemic that has almost everyone at home saving money and uh, not wearing lipstick? In a time when brands everywhere are slashing their advertising budgets and rethinking their marketing strategies, what happens to the incomes of influencers whose wallets are dependent on hashtag ads? First, we're going to speak to Josh Zimmerman, He is a life coach for influencers. Yes, they have those. Josh isn't a shrink, and he's not an agent. He's the person that popular influencers turn to in times of crisis and to get creatively unstuck. As you can imagine, he is very busy these days. And then we're going to talk to Alicia Marie. Alicia is a lifestyle influencer, primarily on YouTube, though she also has a wildly successful podcast and an Instagram feed that puts almost all of ours to shame. But first, here's Josh Zimmerman. Josh, you are a life coach and you focus on influencers, creators, people that are um, putting forth a lot of the content that we see on our social media feeds and doing it for large audiences. How did that work before COVID-19 and how does it work now?
0: Most creators on on YouTube and and different platforms are used to working from home. Right. Uh, And and used to working by themselves. Um, So it's been an adjustment, but it's sort of been a little bit easier. Um, uh, However, the difference is what's happened on the outside when the lockdown started um and you know rolled across the us and throughout the world i have clients coming to me saying uh everybody is now online everyone's on instagram everybody's going live you know they're 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 taking up our space
3: yeah they've flooded the marketplace all the pl- all the plebes
0: have flooded exactly. the marketplace. Exactly. So what we actually saw was um, a huge um, watering down of of content because of the fact that um, there were all these other people coming online because they had nothing else to do, um, and we sort of saw that crest. Um, and 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 I said to my clients, just give it give it some time. People will. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, and they're going to get sick of going live pretty, qu- pretty quickly. The other piece that is what we've seen is um, CPMs, which is cost per milli. And that's, this is for YouTube and, and, and Facebook, how creators make money on the, um, the um, you know, when ads are run against their, their videos, those, that money has dropped. Significantly, so um, the way that a creator makes money has now dropped, and now they have people coming up behind them that maybe they may be a celebrity. There may be see these new people, and so now they're in a uh, almost a like I have to work three times as hard just to make the same amount of money, Mm -hmm. and so they're operating from a place of fear and not creativity when clients come to me, um, it's not working because there's no stability. And so what we've seen, and this is not just for creators, but for pretty much a- anybody is a lack of stability and routine. Um, and that is easy as like, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be wearing sweats, uh, when I'm on a zoom call and just be dressed from the, the top up. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, sleeping in, not doing things because, there isn't anything to be, to grasp on. And what that does to the creative process and really to anybody, but for the creative processes that creates stress and panic and fear. And what happens um, is when you're stressed, your body releases adrenaline. And there's only so much adrenaline that you actually have in your body before your adrenals are tapped out. Once your adrenals are tapped out, the body uh, and brain produce cortisol. Mm
3: -hmm. We don't like cortisol. That's a stress hormone.
0: Bingo. Um, Which also means that it puts you into the fight, flight, or freeze mode. And the first thing that cortisol does when it's in your brain, it's actually thinning the walls of your brain.
3: Oh, Lord.
0: Like we really don't like cortisol. And what happens is, cortisol affects the whole brain, but where it really hits is the right side of your brain, which is the creative side. Mm. And the first thing it actually blocks is creativity. So what we see happening, and this is sort of how burnout is, it happens, um, is that when there's a lack of stability, there's fear and there's cortisol in your brain, you're actually be, you're, there's chemicals blocking you from being creative Hmm. and you stress out even more and you can't come up with any ideas and you got to put a video out. And if you don't, you're not going to make money. And and we see this vicious cycle.
3: Josh, talk to me a little bit about the sort of economic reality that influencers are facing right now, because you know, consumer spending is way down. The mm-hmm. unemployment rate, it is a historic high. Yep. Um, Advertisers are pulling dollars everywhere. I mean, everyone is feeling pain. And of course, social media influencers are not exempt from that pain. Not How, at all. I mean, I would assume there is a vast amount of financial stress in yes. this industry right now. Can you tell mm-hmm. me what you've seen?
0: I'm seeing uh, creators drop, losing um upwards of 20 to 40 percent of their income overnight Mm -hmm. um i'm also seeing that's just in the u.s but you know um in uh south america sometimes it's down 90 percent um and the other way that that creators make money are brand deals and you we've sort of fallen into two different categories on one side we have uh brands who um, are in survival mode. And the first thing that they a, a company does is pull ad dollars and, and, and marketing. So all of those companies that would pay a creator to do a sponsored video um, have, have hit the big pause button. So that money's gone. And then on the other side, you have companies that deliver to your house Um, uh, that are heavy into the creator-influencer marketing, um, but they are so overwhelmed right now. They don't need a creator. They may need a creator to do a brand integration to say, please stop ordering from us, but they can't keep up with demand. So why would they be paying creators for more people to to, um, buy their product when they can't keep it in stock? And our industry is just like every other industry needing to make money. There's a race to the bottom. Hmm. I'll do this brand. I used to do it for this much, but it's now, you know, we only have this much money in the, for the, for the deal. And the creator is going to take it or the manager is going to take it. And so we're watching a, literally a race to the bottom. So there's a implosion happening. that people aren't aware of.
3: What do you think that means? What does that foretell for the social media influencer industry? I mean, is this like, could this be a culling of the herd, if you will? Or do you think in a few months, I mean, how do you see the road ahead, I guess?
0: I think this is a wake-up call. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of um, uh, uh, different companies come Uh, And and blossom out of becoming uh, out of the digital landscape, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that is management companies, MCNs, all different kinds of of companies. Um, And what we're seeing is this is the stress test and can they survive it? Um, And most of the time, I hope the answer is yes, but the margins are already so slim. Uh, that they are having to pivot um, and figure out different ways and you know, lay off a lot of people um, just to go into survival mode. We're going to see companies that um, were dependent on uh, making their money from brand deals or um, different revenue sources uh, from a creator um, not be able to survive.
3: Yeah. I wonder how people write the book on social media influence, right? Like it feels like a distinctly pre-COVID industry in a lot of ways. And I think that that's probably playing to the more negative stereotypes. But nonetheless, it just feels like an expression of an isolated but also um, consumerist society. And now everything has been upended. People have said this is about reordering priorities. It's about... Taking stock of what we have and what we truly need. I guess I wonder whether social media influencers that you work with are concerned about whether it even makes sense to do this with one's life anymore.
0: So, the clients that I work with, we actually look at going, okay, you have um, two million people that follow you. Um, that's the top of a marketing funnel. Let's think bigger. Mm. And what we are doing and most people in my industry are shocked to hear that creators that are working with me are doing strategic analysis we're doing swats we're doing stuff because i'm because we're looking at the bigger picture of like you're not just a creator you are actually a small business you are an entrepreneur let's treat it like that Mm -hmm. and let's and that involves
3: pivoting your business model.
0: It's, the, I mean, it's like, okay, great. I've built this massive top-end funnel, but what do I do with this? Because right. you're not going to be relevant on a platform forever and you don't know when it's going to end.
3: Right. I think for everybody, it's like nobody really knows when the music stops. That's true on an existential level, but certainly on a financial and business level. Like, I think that's the hard lesson of right now, right? Like, right.
0: All of a sudden, boom. It's important to also note that there is a huge responsibility on uh, any creator or creative or anybody that has an audience. I don't care if it's five people or 15 million. They have a responsibility right now to uh, make sure that they are putting information out there that is accurate, that is helping people, and that is uh, helping Slow this thing down. Mm. So, when we see creators and creatives or, and different people going out, not listening to the CDC, not listening to the WHO or whatever health organization is giving them um, the advice, and they're hanging out in groups, <laughs> what I say to them is, Do you, okay, there's two million people that, that follow you. One of those people sees you and goes, oh, it's okay to go outside. And they go out and, and one of your fans goes outside and they're asymptomatic and they go see somebody who goes see somebody and someone ends up dying. I said, and I'll say, do you want that on your conscience? You need to also be aware that an action that you may not be aware of or you think, oh, this only affects me, could actually kill someone.
3: Yeah. We all need a Josh Zimmerman Life coach in our lives, quite clearly. That's what I've gleaned from this conversation, my friend. Thank you for uh, taking time to help us see how the the most popular among us are managing a period of isolation and confusion and general darkness. Thanks, Josh.
0: Absolutely, Alex. Take care.
3: Before we get to Alicia Marie, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our
0: sponsors. 6 feet apart is brought to you by stamps.com. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can right now. But what if we need to go to the post office? What if you need postage to send out letters and packages? Don't worry. stamps.com is here to help. stamps.com They've had this they've had this they've had this ready for years before this whole uh this whole thing Yeah, yeah you know? that's right. That's right. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer from the safety of your own home. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. And now over to you, John. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier. Schedule a free package
3: pickup or drop it in the mailbox. I think Lovett scheduled a, a mail pickup. That's why he had to leave right there. Uh, No human contact required. It's that simple. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It's what we call a no-brainer here at Crooked Media. Saving you time and money and keeping you safe in these crazy times. That's why we've used Stamps.com since our early days at Crooked Media. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment.
0: What more could you want? What more could you want? Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in six feet. That's stamps.com. Enter six feet. I'm back. I'm back. He's back. (laughs) Stay safe, everyone.
1: Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? Could it be uh, this pandemic that we're living through? BetterHelp can help you assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to help. You can connect in a safe and private online environment which is super convenient and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so it's easy and free to change counselors if you need. The service is available for clients worldwide and it's way more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Plus there's financial aid available. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. There are counselors who specialize in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, you name it. Everything you share is confidential and you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. If you wanna start living a happier life, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com apart. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health at betterhelp.com.
0: Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called Writer's Block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye bye to Writer's Block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at Canva.com, designed for work. And
3: now, here's social media influencer, Alicia Marie. Give me the latest in terms of the, the, the sort of the following that you have on social media.
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, on YouTube, on my main channel, we're definitely over 8 million, which is still insane to say that out loud. Um, It's crazy to even... It's crazy. Um, my second channel, which is my vlog channel, that one is a little over 3 million. Um, and that's just more of a personal, like, here's my day type of channel. Um, I have a podcast with my best friend, um, that's doing amazing. Um, we've hit some like top chart, um, things, which has just been so freaking cool. Cause again, it just feels like we're best friends talking to each other after doing this for 12 years of just, just still being able to do it. I'm just so blessed and honored and thankful.
3: And you have like 3.8 million followers on Instagram. Is that right?
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's been, we've been trying to hit that 4 million mark. It's been a minute, but. Um, well, girl, yeah, this, it, this it, is it, the it, podcast that's going to is gonna take where... you
3: over the top. I
2: promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, if you're listening, definitely, uh, you know, subscribe, follow, all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really awesome.
3: You are a, a part of this 21st century phenomenon known as, influencing, social media influencer. Mm -hmm. Just for people who aren't familiar with your story, how did you get to be an influencer?
2: Yeah, it was never something that I just decided and wanted to Do it. It really was my hobby. I just randomly, randomly stumbled into YouTube from makeup tutorials from Mac Cosmetics, Sephora, and I found out that there's this whole community there because I found these just you know normal girls also doing these tutorials. I just loved it so much. I was obsessed with beauty and fashion and makeup, and I was horrible at it. I don't know why anyone watched those videos, Um, but over just the years of doing it, I started to grow. Um, somewhat of an audience. And I remember having that exact moment of realizing that they don't even really care what I'm uploading. They just want to see me, Alicia, upload more. And that was such a huge turning point for me realizing that, oh, like people actually care about me and I can actually have like a little, you know, a little family here on the internet. I don't know if you've watched YouTube back in the day, but you know, you had your Michelle Fawn, you had these like makeup artists and everyone looked up to them and then there was kind of a group of us who were just girls who liked makeup but we we weren't people you should probably (laughs) like listen to for like crazy advice you know (laughs) um so yeah I think that whole like lifestyle genre kind of picked up and it was cool because um you know we would do these tours or we would go around and like meet fans and it was just so cool how people like knew us and they like related to us and they'd ask about my dog or like little things like that. And I'm just like, wow, this isn't just your typical tradition or traditional media where there's a character online and people like the character, like these people care about us.
3: I want to get to sort of how this current moment has affected your ability to do the things you do. Right. I mean, a lot of what you present to us on social is you know, stuff that people have basically had to put on hold for the moment, right? Whether that's um, hanging out with their friends, whether that's even, I mean, even things like makeup, people aren't going outside. So tell me about how you've been thinking about all this.
2: Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people think, oh, like you're on YouTube, you know, not much will change because your job is just uploading videos. But, um, something super interesting was when, you know, the first big week kind of came and everyone started going on lockdown and I got into like this hyper superhero mode where I just wanted, I felt like my sole purpose in life was just to put out so much content so people could be entertained and kind of have a distraction from things. I was pumping out content like crazy. I've always loved home videos, like home vlogs, content organizing. So luckily like content wise, um, it's, kind of stuff I've always done. But it was really interesting because my views were almost double than what they were prior to all this, which I wasn't expecting. Mm. But it does make sense because a lot of people are home. Um, however, um, my the actual AdSense and money I was getting from those videos were cut in half, I would say. Um, so I think it's interesting right. realizing how, you know, even people on the internet making videos, like you're still affected because if the advertisers aren't putting money into the ads, like you're not getting money, you know? Um, so definitely hit, took a little hit that way. And it's, I think it's also just so hard because every county has different stuff right now, you know, they have different regulations. So being on a public platform, I've noticed a lot of influencers struggling with that.
3: How do you deal with that, though, right? Because you're influencing people who are across the country living in different states now with different regulations. Do you feel like you have to tailor your content around that? I mean, tell me a little bit about how you're still in quarantine, whether it's Mm -hmm. like how to stay healthy in quarantine or, you know, how to like look cute in quarantine. That's not going to be the case for people in other parts of the country. So how do you think about that as you're thinking about content?
2: Yeah, especially when everything first happened, I started overthinking everything in my life. I I had no idea what was offensive and what was okay to say and everything. And I just kind of started going in circles and I realized, Alicia, you're making content right now. I, I really wanna make content for people to have an escape right now, for them to be entertained, for things to feel normal, you know? And it was so interesting because I'm an avid YouTube watcher. And especially when everything first started, the last thing I wanted was for YouTubers to like, the YouTubers I watched to talk about it because I that was my world 24 seven. But then as a creator, I felt such a need to talk about it because it was such a huge thing. Most of my videos up until now have had like a disclaimer in the beginning, just saying, that thing exactly that I really want this to be an escape for you I'm not trying to be insensitive I uploaded a what I would have worn to Coachella video and clearly like a music festival getting canceled is not the biggest of my concerns right now um but it was a fun video and it was really cool seeing the feedback on that because I put a disclaimer in the beginning and said that I was like yo I like I I hope no one thinks I'm just one of those influencers who's who's thinking oh my gosh like a music festival's canceled but at the same time my job is to entertain people and The response was really great. And even the comments of people saying, I love how you approached that, um, made me feel like it's okay to still, it's like I don't have to only do quarantine content or DIY masks or like that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Is it hard for you to
3: brainstorm content like this in a moment where? people are suffering you know bodies are piling up in morgues or is it a release I guess I'm trying to understand how you're navigating this sort of two ends of the spectrum
2: Mm. yeah I think at first I really did struggle with feeling like why the hell am I uploading a haul like this is not important like this is this isn't it's like not what people I don't know like I it felt weird to be uploading stuff and I think even today like I feel like every video I kind of have to take a balance of okay what what is important right now and I think as long I think as long as your viewers see that you're even thinking about it like I would rather them see that I'm struggling and thinking about what's right and wrong and what's okay to post and what's not okay to post even if I don't come up with a definitive like oh Because it's not black and white. Everything is gray right now. You know, recently it's to that point where like that list is really low and I'm trying to (laughs) rethink of things again. You know, how many times can I reorganize my makeup drawer or whatever? But then there's also weeks that it's a great idea, but you're just not so, so freaking passionate about it. And that's okay. I think that's a little where I kind of have to turn into the more like, oh, this is a business thing um, mindset more so. Right. And realize this is your it's your okay job, right? If a video doesn't go viral. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that part of social media influence is like you're creating a product from yourself. You're you are the factory. Yes. And to be doing that in a moment of social isolation has to be really challenging, right? Like the 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 stimulus that would otherwise be feeding you is a, in a lot of respects gone. So you're just kind of self-generating content under an enormous amount of pressure because it's your job, it's your income, it's what you do. So we're at this weird moment where it feels like some parts of the country are opening back up and and to some degree life is getting back to normal, but there's this expectation that We're going to be caught in this kind of weird, sort of dangerous territory for longer than we probably understand or know or expect. I mean, do you think it's going to change the business that you're in? Do you think it's going to change you as someone whose sort of personality and force of life is the driver behind, you know, your job?
2: For so long, and I think it's just because I've done YouTube for so long, um, again, it's been 12 years, I I like conditioned myself to be this happy, almost TV character of Alicia Marie to people. And just honestly, the past two years more so, but even the past year, I've really opened up more and realized it's okay to show that I'm not happy all the time. It's okay to not just... Um, give the people what I think they want in the sense of oh, everything's happy, everything's fine, don't worry. Where you know the reason why YouTube is huge and digital platforms, but I always say YouTube just because it's my main one, is because people are being real and open and vulnerable and talking about real stuff. And it's not just this perfect TV show. I do hope that I open up more and talk about real stuff. And even if that causes people to not like that, like that's worth the hate to me because at least I'm speaking my mind. And that's been a goal of mine um, this whole past year, mostly. Um, and I feel like honestly, all of this with um, the coronavirus just even confirmed that for me because there's no way I can have only happy videos for like a whole you know year two, however long this ends up being or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's kind of a huge part.
3: It's forcing all of us to get really, really real.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then on the like actual business side, obviously, you know, YouTube's going to be even more saturated. I already have so many friends I've encouraged to start YouTube because um, I think they'd be amazing at it. So I do hope a lot of people start getting on it. And it's weird, even my friends who are teachers, you know, they're having to submit their classes online and tutorials on YouTube. So it's been interesting seeing how it's almost going to be like, that's just a skill you're going to need. Like when the c- computer first came out, everyone had to learn how to type it. I think now knowing how to upload digital content or videos just in general is going to be so normal. And, um, I hope a lot of businesses, especially ones struggling right now can try, you know, to incorporate social media. Cause I think it's just going to be taken over even more, um, with just everything
3: girl one day you're going to be teaching all of us with the number of followers that you have
2: <laughs> i was like maybe maybe i have a future being a professor uh, or something <laughs> well i
3: it wouldn't surprise me alicia thank you for your time <laughs> good luck with the content good luck with the year or months or however the hell long it is good luck with the time ahead <laughs> and, and thank you for your time
2: thank you so much
3: That's all for this episode of Six Feet Apart. Our show is produced by Elisa Gutierrez and Lyra Smith. Lyra Smith is our story editor. Our executive producer is Sarah Geismer. Special thanks to Alison Falzetta, Stephen Hoffman, and Sydney Rapp. Thanks for listening and stay safe.